This podcast episode is powered by Afropods, the world's number one podcasting platform for African stories. Hello everyone, uh, welcome to another podcast session by the HISA team. Uh, today we are going to be discussing Markets Monday. Basically what happens during Markets Monday is we come in and we have a bit of a discussion of what's happening across various financial markets and also just looking on how the market has opened during um, uh, today's session that is on Monday, um, how the week is likely to progress even as markets move um, within within. Uh, the trading week. Uh, joining me as usual is Davis. I'd probably give him a moment to say a few opening remarks before we proceed. Good morning everyone. Uh, glad to be here with you this morning and I'm hoping that we have a good and interactive session. Yeah. Thank you David. Um, Davis, sorry. Um, just starting to think of it, maybe we need to start from the basics. Uh, and starting from the basics, we'd start from what has happened directly this morning. Um, Equity Bank. Equity Bank's results were a bit impressive, but then the bank hasn't declared a dividend. Uh, Equity Group has not declared a dividend. Uh, this is the second year when Equity Bank is not paying dividends to shareholders. Uh, I think from the, in my personal opinion, all banks that had released the results today, Equity Bank is one that was really unexpected. Uh, the dividend, um, the nil dividend declaration was unexpected. Uh, what's your take and maybe if you just share with us a little bit of equity groups results yeah uh, just looking at the results here so 32% of their loan book was restructured and um, in light of the COVID pandemic and the efforts by the central bank um, advising banks or telling banks to remove their fees uh, they what forwent uh, transaction fees worth 1.2 billion so they lost that in um, possible revenue uh, they raised 100 million in tier 2 capital and their liquidity levels went up significantly from 52 to 59% and that was actually in line with not giving out the dividend. So the main reason actually uh, you'd see for them not giving out a dividend is because of liquidity. They want to have a huge buffer for these current shocks. Uh, so now when we look at their financials, um, their net interest income is up 23.5%. Their profit before tax and ex- exceptional items is down 33%. Their profit after tax is down 12%, of course, because of the tax credit that companies received last year, hence they paid less taxes. Their loan loss provisions are up five times. Uh, they're up a whooping 496%. Uh, of course, this was similar to all other banks. Yeah, and as we mentioned, 32% of their loan book was restructured and no dividends were declared, which was, of course, unfortunate. Um, I expect the the bank to actually, since many are expecting a dividend, the these an announcements will actually make the share price dip. Actually, actually, Davis, I'm just checking through the Hisa app right yeah, now, yeah. and I'm seeing Equity Bank has actually dropped about seven point three percent in terms in trading price. Yeah, that's significant. Uh, and if you're wondering, Equity Bank was trading on Friday, closed at um at at forty one shillings, and now it's trading at prices of thirty eight shillings. Um, I think investors are technically uh, quote-unquote mad at um, equity group 
for not declaring a dividend. Last year, Equity Group uh, had declared a dividend of two shillings and 50 cents, and then they recalled that dividend. They did not pay that dividend. And we're seeing other banks. We're seeing uh, banks that are usually looked at as direct competition for Equity Bank, like um, KCB and Stanchart paying dividends and you're probably wondering is equity group going the the way the route that diamond trust bank and absa have, have picked not to pay dividend that was a big question that a lot of us had on friday and seems like that has come out to be a reality something that we're really hoping that um i'm, I'm personally hoping that the bank would probably come in and surprise us with an interim dividend i know something that they will but guys have always um looked at uh, Mwangi as a, as a tough guy and his call for nil dividend declaration I think that's something that was really really unexpected so we're seeing investors already heavily reacting to equity bank um, we're seeing the supply on the market though the volume is pretty low today we're seeing equity has only traded at 7.3% uh, but it's only traded about um, 2,600 shares on the market. So that's something that's... <laughs> that's so uh, negligible. It's yeah, barely anything. Yeah, mostly it's um, it's those investors who sold on the market, immediately market opened. Uh, the market is about um, 23 minutes into trading right now. So it will be interesting just to see how the bank uh, trades within the day and also within the week. But also we are seeing the bids uh, slightly high on the bank. The bids are standing at about 2.4 million. With a majority, a bulk of the bids, yes, are trading at a lower price of uh, less than even 32 shillings. Uh, the 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 supply, however, is on the high end. We are seeing supply about 684,000, but there is heavy supply. At um, we are seeing supply continuing to come in at around um, 38, between 38 and 41. There is a little bit of a heavy supply, but um, also you need to know something is. Whenever a company, whenever there's a corporate action like a financial um, results, why you're probably wondering why we have bids as low as 32 is the NSE lifts what we call the ceiling and, and, and the floor of a stock, which is usually capped at 10%. So it's given the free will where the stock can be able to, uh, to, to, to generally say accommodate uh, the level of um, uh, the level of shock that investors are likely to probably uh, pick up with, uh, with 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 the stock, so we'll be able to just see Davis how Equity Bank is going to uh, to perform, right? Yeah, uh, it's it's a downturn for the short term, to be honest, because the bank is still strong. It's the first one to hit uh, one trillion in in, in balance in sheet. balance sheet. It's doing quite a significant uh, ex has quite a significant expansion program. A lot of it is digitized. I know ninety seven percent of transactions were done outside of uh, the conventional banks yeah which, which is very interesting it was the first time actually i had Mongi say the first time that the online system have actually brought in more than 50 percent of the revenues for the yeah, bank that's quite significant so you see their digitization strategy is actually working and so this is just short-term price action people are overreacting to this news and in fact if you're a long-term buyer you would buy more actually at 38 i would pick equity but <laughs> once again guys remember this is not um an investment advice you need to do your due diligence before you make that recommendation yeah. davis um thinking just maybe before we move into the next bit what really stood out for you in in, in equity banks the the financials something that really really stood out for me it was the the, the online channels how active they've, they've picked up uh, and it's it's in in reality we're seeing the digitalization that Mwangi has been speaking about over time is actually picking up speed 
uh, the acquisitions, the one that they did last year, uh, they said they were looking a lot on uh, on on uh, organic growth in some of their uh, their areas, um, in some of the countries where they're present in, like Kenya, Uganda, uh, and the only place where they really took a major acquisition was in DRC where Equity Bank came from the fourth largest bank to the second largest bank through the acquisition of, of BCDC. Yeah. Um, but let's maybe you can just share something. What really stood out, um, apart from the assets growing up, um, just if you'd mention something. Well, of course, the no dividend <laughs> stood out a bit, <laughs> eh? a bit significantly. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, also similar to you, 98% of the transactions occurring outside branch was really good. In fact, mobile and internet banking took up 80, 85% of transactions. You're seeing the effects of COVID. A lot of things have moved online. It's amazing to see how companies are able to quickly adapt. And it's likely that these adaptations will continue going forward, you know, in the new space that we're going into fintech is um of course fr front and central in um all this growth prospects which is really good to see and i know that equity will really focus on those channels uh so the yeah that's pretty much it the drawback um what or the share price retraction for now that's just a temporary thing if you're a long-term investor you know that there will be good earnings uh, as we continue forward of course we're here to see the effects of the country being locked down again and but i think banks especially equity and the like are adequately provisioned for these new effects even though right now there's no incentives by the government that have been issued yet but actually on that note um there could be you know good news going forward the mpc is supposed to meet today actually yeah, yeah, today. and to give um states the interest rate and the like uh, what are your insights on that <laughs> Well, I think it, it will be very interesting to see how how, how, how the MPC, um, but I think likely they, they, would, they would really hold, there's nothing really major that they would do. I My honest thoughts is that they're going to maintain the current uh, status quo. What I don't think... Reduce? <laughs> I don't think that Njoroge yeah. is in a position to reduce. Um, the guys from CBK, once again, remember that we, we, we're your friends, <laughs> but if you guys would reduce it, that would be... Um, it, it would be good to some extent, but also bad. It would be good to, uh, to, 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 to the borrowers, but to some extent also bad to, to the banks as well. Yeah. Uh, also considering that banks like Equity Bank have really invested heavily in government securities. So yeah. in, 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 the long, in, in the long term, um, to some extent, mostly for, for, uh, for the forthcoming um, government securities that would be issued would be very challenging and then there's one thing that someone once mentioned it's very easy to lower um to to probably lower lower our rates uh like the cbr rates it's very easy to lower them but raising them back up to probably uh, you're seeing what's happening with the treasury yields in the u.s yeah just a little bit going by going up by about one basis point and and guys are really panicking. guys are complaining yeah. guys are panicking so even for us we can bring it to five percent but taking it back up to seven percent i know that would be a challenge but 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 i think we're optimistic let's see what would happen though yeah. my call is likely we are likely to have a status quo remain the same yeah that's to actually expect the same uh, for those who may not understand so the central bank sets rates and um what banks themselves uh, govern 
are governed by these rates. Like, so for example, if the central bank increases interest rates, this will mean that banks will increase the rate at which people can get loans. So you're getting a loan at 12%, now you're getting it at 15%. If the central bank lowers rates, this means that uh, banks can issue out loans at uh, lower interest rates, making it easy for borrowers. So when rates are increased, that's when the economy is overheated, let's say inflation is going up and they need to cool things down. That's why they raise rates. If they need the economy to pick up, they need the economy to boost um, in light of tough economic conditions um, and the like, they would reduce rates. And that's what has happened for a while. I think for the past six meetings, they've maintained the rates at around 7% and that's likely to continue forward. Yeah. yeah, but um, let's see. Uh, let's let's see just what will happen. Davis, we've really had a lengthy discussion on Equity Bank, and yeah. maybe we we'll, we can proceed to the next bit. Um, we're talking about NCBA, uh, and just in case you're wondering, let me just start off by saying we started off with Equity Bank and said that Equity Bank did not declare dividend. NCBA has declared a dividend, Davis. Yes, quite a I think, significant one. I think that's, that's, that comes in as a surprise, and I really hope that they don't recall it. They don't recall the dividend, <laughs> yeah. uh, like we saw Equity Bank do in 20, for the 2019 financial year. Maybe, Davis, you'd, you'd just shed light on that before I, I mention something on NCBA. Yeah, um, so maybe I can touch on the results a bit. So net interest income was up 91% to $25.5 billion. The customer deposits went up by 62%. <laughs> Uh, loan loss provisions, of course, similar to all banks, went up more than 200% to 20.4 billion. And the profit after tax was down 41%. So actually, the profit after tax, if I'm not mistaken, this is one of the largest drops. In fact, earnings per share must have dropped from roughly uh, 7 shillings to around 2. And they're still declaring a dividend, which is, <laughs> I find that to be quite interesting. I wonder if they'll recall. In fact, I would expect possibly them and Stancha to recall their dividends, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, yeah. Davis, I'd really request you pull that thought a bit. <laughs> you, you can pull breaks on that a bit because yeah. right now at the level we're in, we really hope that no bank, at least the ones that have declared a dividend, don't come back recalling um, their dividends. I'm hoping um, KCB will still stand in, Cooperative Bank will still stand in, and at least uh, keep the banking sector uh, shining when it comes to dividend payment. And, you know, um, for those of you who are wondering why dividends are very important, a dividend is one way that shareholders, retail shareholders usually see it as you care about your, 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 your shareholders' pockets. It's more like when you make profit, you don't really stop you don't tell people that, you know what, I'm not going to be able to do X and Y. But really what you do is you're telling guys that with with a dividend coming in through, um, you can be able to share with them the profits, regardless of the margin that you really uh, made, even if the margin was small. So investors are usually really optimistic with a company that's paying dividends. And that's probably why you're seeing companies like Safaricom really rally on the share price uh, anytime they declare a dividend. Yeah, but uh, Safcom picked up from about 36 all the way to 40 just by declaring an, a special dividend the other day yeah. uh, to, to, to about 39. Um, though it's really it, it's it's come down a bit, but I think that's one thing that investors are really looking into. But maybe Davis, if you just share, um, you've said NCBA the EPS has declined a bit. If you're telling it to to the normal guy who doesn't who's never been investment banking, what's what's really an earnings per share and why is it important? So, earnings per share actually show, okay, you're a shareholder in a company. Essentially, when you invest in a company, you're making a claim 
to the earnings of that company okay so when a company declares earnings those earnings belong to the shareholders you who have bought your hundred shares etc you have a claim to those earnings and those so the total earnings are divided by the total amount of outstanding shares uh, they can be diluted or non-diluted <laughs> that doesn't really uh, let's not delve into that but um that's essentially earnings per share and then so when a company releases these earnings there are two ways that these earnings reach the shareholders or unlock shareholder value one way as felix has stated is that the company can issue out dividends okay and so those dividends it's almost you know it's kind of like interest income it's some form of passive income in a sense alternatively the company can take these earnings and reinvest them back into the business and they'll be classified as retained earnings for that business now those retained earnings are unlocked as the share price increases in line with uh, future earnings growth so for I'll, I'll give you a good example that's Berkshire Hathaway they don't issue dividends what happens is that they reinvest the money back into the business and the the business the share price has been growing tremendously to the extent that it's grown by millions uh, <laughs> percentage wise you know if you're holding it in the 70s maybe you're holding a thousand dollars worth of Berkshire Hathaway right now it would be worth uh, something in the millions and this is because they've reinvested that those earnings back into their businesses and shareholder value has been unlocked through share price increment so those are the two ways that companies can uh, unlock shareholder value either through reinvesting and then the share price goes up or issuing out dividends so they tend to have adverse reactions depending on what the company um, announces and says so a dividend drought can really affect a company's share price in the long term in the short term sorry but in the long term if the company is still stable um, things will continue on well I believe all right um so Davis with NCBA uh, just to look onto it before maybe we we, we 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 move into it just watching on the market uh looking once again through the hisa app is i'm seeing ncba uh trading is marginal we're seeing about forty-nine thousand three hundred shares traded but the price has gained marginally just about 0.8 uh, percent in today's trading mm. uh, we're seeing on the demand side we're seeing a total supply of about um eight thousand eight hundred demand coming in hot at uh, thirty-five thousand six hundred uh, some of this demand, a bulk of the demand is at 23 shillings and supply is uh, 3,800 at 25 and at 26.05. Mm. What's, what's your move? Do you think NCBA is likely going to continue a rally? Because I'm seeing it's unlike the usuals where you find investors would react uh, positively with, with by, by putting in a lot of gains because usually you'd find that if a company would declare price uh, at at 23 shillings when the because last week um, NCBA was trading at 2310 yeah so usually you'd expect that the price would move up to maybe about 24 just to factor in the dividend because um, now you know the the sellers are looking at it from trading at the counter with a premium uh, pegged to it which is the dividend but I'm just trying to look onto it and I'm seeing there's no activity despite the volume coming in high but um, we're looking in a little bit on sort of like a stagnant growth a stagnant price growth what's yeah. your take do you think we're likely to see the positive surge on ncba well that's when you'll have to wait and see to be <laughs> honest because okay in my mind i'm thinking the dividend yield is roughly six percent um mm. it's not 
I mean, it's okay. It's not that significant. Of course, with inflation at roughly 5%, that means that your real returns are 1%. Um, <laughs> possibly, I've been seeing a lot of selling pressure on NCBA. It's like the company is not... Um, people are not that hopeful in that particular regard. And ironically, or I'm viewing it this way, I'm glad that people are not chasing dividend returns. What I mean is... If the share price or if you enter a position into a company based on ah, they've announced the dividend okay the dividend is roughly nine percent whatever so you've entered your position you've gotten that you know book closure you've gotten in that that you've locked in that dividend Sindio, you have the right to get a dividend mm -hmm. when it goes book closure book closure that means that the registry is closed and you cannot get dividends past that date stock is likely to come even lower. yeah the stock will go even lower and then now remember <laughs> Our NSC transaction costs. You must make at least you make you know two percent. You, you, you need to make at least generally you need to make at least five percent on the NSC before you break even. Yeah. So you're imagining the losses from book closure, the losses from these transaction costs. You may have made nothing. In fact, it may have been a let me not say anyway. It may have not been the most productive endeavor that you could have done by chasing dividends. Um, whether the company will recover in the long term that was still yet to see and hoping that they do because they had a lot of issues with the transitioning with the merger you know the synergies were really off but hopefully the company will recover in the long term yeah but short term yeah i'm, I'm saddened that people are not at that excited but it may also be a, a good thing that people are not chasing dividend returns in that way all right. Um, something very interesting, Davis. Uh, living on the financials a bit now, maybe we'd want to touch on one thing that uh, has really been the talk of the week, uh, of the weekend. East African Breweries Limited. With with, <laughs> with we, we've seen a lot of drama surrounding um, EABL and one of the listed companies that we are waiting to officially introduce their shares for trading. That's Homeboys. Um, we are seeing that. Uh, just to mention, Homeboys was listed. Uh, on the NSE, uh, but is yet to begin trading. And we're seeing today there is a statement um, by, by uh, UNFPA that is stating that it does not, uh, first of all, they've, they've indicated that they don't have any direct affiliation um, to, oh no, that, that is in relation, in relation to Homeboys Radio, yeah. right? But then we're seeing that um, Homeboys, they're actually looking at Homeboys Entertainment PLC, which they've mentioned adversely on their report. And just in case you're probably wondering, the company that is Homeboys Radio and Homeboys Entertainment PLC are actually two different firms. Uh, so anytime you look at Homeboys as a company, don't look at it as a radio station that has had a little bit of things going uh, throughout the weekend. Uh, but Davis, maybe you don't want to mention on EABL. I'm seeing just to mention on open, yeah. EABL has already dropped about 1%, which is something small for EABL shareholders to drop at um, a price which it was trading at last week. Um, EABL has, had closed the last trading week at 167, and now it's trading at 166. Um, we're seeing the volume still not really much to speak. EABL has only traded 900 shares on the market. Uh, demand is at 160. A bulk of the demand, we're seeing total demand is at 43,100, and supply at um, 35,800. What, what's your take? Do you think we likely, starting on with the lockdown measures that were recently put in place, 
are we likely to see EABL bring in another um, decline in profit in the next financial year? Um, hmm. It's an interesting question. So, honestly, the, the lockdown measures have been quite harsh, to be honest. Uh, viewing restaurants and the like and the fact that people are not allowed to uh, go in and restaurants have to do uh, takeaway only, it will adversely affect EABL, but we must realize that it's only in five counties. It's not... It doesn't touch the Tanzanian market, the, the Ugandan one. Um, it's only in these five particular counties. And so while the bulk of EABL's revenue does come from its Kenya unit, I would say that the effects of this particular lockdown will be negligible. Actually, with the way the president uh, stated everything, it seems that the lockdown may not go for a very extended period of time, like the one last year. So. I was amazed by EABL's resilience. A lot of um, their services moved online. There was a lot of, you know, people still um, buying alcohol, of course. Eh? Kenyans will always drink. But yeah. But then, but then Davis, talking mm. about Tanzania, mm. and I know Tanzania and COVID, it's been a little bit of a challenge for most investors. But um, with, with Tanzania not initially accepting uh, the scientific evidence that relates with COVID-19. Two days ago, there was a report that um, the, there's a new COVID um, variant, the strain, yeah. that is actually from Tanzania. And they're saying it's the most mutated variant yet to yeah. be found, to yeah, be yeah. discovered. Um, I, I think that Tanzania is going to take stiffer measures uh, towards COVID now that Magufuli is not in place. But also just we, we've, we've seen even with the new government, we've seen most of those regulations are still uh, on the loose. But I, I'm, I'm just concerned with the new variant coming in in, in, in Tanzania. Uh, don't you think that we are likely to see a market that's likely to be hit? Though we've not really had a lot from Uganda. Um, in, in with regards to COVID um, in, in the recent days, and we're also seeing Rwanda really moving in well with um, with, with with the vaccination, yeah. mostly for frontline workers. Mm. But don't you think that is going to affect Tanzania? And once Tanzania is hit, and in case there's any government regulation in Tanzania, that's something that's going to affect EBL, both directly and indirectly. Yeah, because um, just in 2019, sorry to cut you short, but in 2019, towards the end of 2019, we saw EABL increase their stake in Serengeti Breweries Limited, yeah. which is another company in Tanzania which has been actually bringing in quite some good revenue for uh, bringing in quite some good revenue for uh, EABL. So, with all that information, mm. give us that data. Well, <laughs> that's interesting. If you looked at the posture of the Tanzanian government, even during Magufuli's, uh, the late Magufuli's funeral, it seems like the status quo was continuing. As much as they're stating that new variants have come in and vastly mutated one of the COVID uh, virus, we're yet to see what this new administration would, would do or will do. But it seems um, that they may continue with uh, Magufuli's uh, ideologies, ideologies <laughs> if you will. Uh, if they change, honestly, uh, EABL will be affected quite significantly. Yes, they are a resilient company, but like the Tanzanian market was what was holding them up, holding them as a buffer. I was actually quite surprised with their financials that they didn't drop that significantly. They've maintained um, 
good profit margins and everything and people are factoring that in as much as covid had hit so going forward if the tanzanian market actually decides to shut down though i view it as unlikely it will affect EABL quite negatively if they continue as is and the kenyan market of course reduces these restrictions over time uh, as honestly i don't view that they'll stay for such a long period of time the company will recover and so i think the share price actually has been increasing in light of that information and in light of that view uh, they know that this these effects are short term and they a fully fledged recovery would likely be actually next year you know after all this is done after the vaccine has continued walking through the economy well <laughs> and the like after yeah. the vaccine has has probably expanded its its, its wings across the economy yeah. but we really hope that we'd have an an a plan uh, in, in the long run just for the entire government um and also for the economy so that we don't really have a, a total economic collapse or another or, or sort of like um a recession so to put it for the government and for the company it yeah. would be so bad that would be something that would really hit the economy but we hope it doesn't get to that level yeah. oh i had a question you mm-hmm. said that the entity that's been listed was that the entity that that company un something unfpa unfpa that's the company that said that it's terminating contracts going forward like they won't continue with them or is that the other no, entity that's we, not being listed no, no um okay so what what really happens is that um because homeboys entertainment plc is is different from homeboys radio so i think unfpa actually hit it mm. uh, they hit the discussion by saying that they would not be um sort of like having engagements with homeboys radio yeah but then also i think there's there might have also been um cuz cuz what homeboys actually stated is they sold a bit of their stake um in initially homeboys radio was owned by homeboys entertainment plc yeah then they sold a bit of their stake to to radio africa group yeah and so they didn't list the radio yeah uh, they what they listed was the entertainment company of which the radio is more like a subsidiary So I think UNFPA has sort of like cancelled their affiliation with Homeboys Radio but we've also seen that happen with East African Breweries Limited as well with EBL cancelling their affiliation with um with 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 uh, with Homeboys Radio yeah. though I think maybe for now that th- that is something just to look at it for short term for now um maybe my thoughts would really be on what would happen if homeboys radio was to be listed or was to start trading uh, the, the homeboys entertainment plc would start trading i don't know but honestly speaking uh, my personal opinion once again is i think that share price is going to come lower than the 4 shillings and 66 cents where they listed in i'm looking at homeboys unless there's something really uh, unless something really changes um i'm looking at H- hbe trading at prices of maybe maybe around 1 shilling <laughs> penny stock uh yeah um unless something really happens also the volatility that the company man you just listed and you've already given us a profit warning yeah uh, and and though we've seen that with a lot of the companies which are listing on on which have listed on the nse mostly in the, the in the gem segment the gem segment in in the recent um years but i really hope the nss is going to give us a true gem not these gems that these rocks that have been found out <laughs> here in the mind they're calling them gems man 
Yeah, you, honestly, you can't have you can't have a gem segment. You're calling it a gem, and then you're coming in here and giving us rocks. I honestly feel that's one thing. But anyway, guys, uh, once again, that's a personal opinion. That doesn't necessarily mean that all companies listed in the in the gem segment are rocks. Um, some of them are actually gems, and we're really hoping for the long-term outlook for most of these companies. Uh, also, remember to always do your in-depth research. Uh, your in-depth uh, research before you you can be able to purchase any of these stocks or any counters regardless of the recommendation either by the investment bank or an analyst or here on this show always do your in-depth analysis before you can be able to make that investment decision uh, so davis we've been here for long um one thing that we'd, we'd mention is last last week we saw the ship at the Suez Canal. Yeah. Uh, has it been moved, Davis? Yes, yeah, it's, it's finally <laughs> been moved. It's been refloated. It's yeah. been refloated. It's it's, has it been refloated and it's still there? It, well, yeah, it's been refloated and well, sort of moved. I think it's been removed. Yes, it should have been. Yeah. Um, so Evergreen, stuck for six days, has been freed by the Egyptian crew and it has been refloated into the Suez Canal. So that's a really good thing because honestly, they were blocking hundreds of ships. Pricing was actually going up on uh, shipping routes, on oil, on a lot of different things. So it's, it's a good thing to it's see. Been, it's been partially refloated, so I don't think it's not the whole ship. <laughs> For real? Yeah, because I'm just seeing this right now and they're claiming it's been partially refloated. They're trying to probably tag it back online uh, into, into, into line. So I'm really hoping that the company, the uh, the, the Swiss team, the Egyptian team, they'll be able to give us a way out. Yeah, and finally the memes can end. Yeah, yeah, we we seeing we seeing a lot of guys talking about. <laughs> seeing a lot of guys really talking about the impact, the financial impact is what I was really worried about, and it's really bringing a lot of discussions back to mainstream um, concerns on just how important this canal has been yet even when you're looking at if uh, when you're looking at even the costs of maintenance it's one of the, the lowest things that Egypt is actually always looking at but the revenue that's actually coming in uh, through that is something that would be interesting um, we're really hoping that uh, this is something that we will continue to probably have a look at so that's one thing I'm hoping to to see but it's been partially refloated um, and and that's one thing that we're hoping at least by probably by end of tomorrow we're hoping to to see this ship off uh the the Swiss and and business would would, would resume yeah yeah but it would also be good man i see it's brought a lot of activity back to some of the ports um in we're seeing a little we're, we're really hoping because we're seeing a lot of activity we're going through south africa mm. and with that there could be more activity to ports like come ca- countries like Kenya, um, Mozambique, Tanzania, of course, uh, South Africa, all the way up to Nigeria, and uh, we're hoping to have a little bit of high economic influence on the on the entire continent. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't know, Davis. Maybe one thing just to mention to have a look on markets. Which companies have? probably given guys a little bit of gainers and losers today mm. uh, on the gainers list um, if you're probably wondering where we're getting this data you can be able to get it on um, on hisa app if you download this the hisa app you, you'll be able to also follow up this podcast later as well and even follow various discussions as we talk about markets and also uh, the economy 
Uh, on the gainers list today, we are seeing Nairobi Business Ventures gain about 8% uh, on, in price activity. NBV is now trading at about um, 4 shillings and 45 cents. Who knew that NBV, would, Nairobi <laughs> Business Ventures, would, would hold up at 4 shillings? <laughs> Something interesting because last year NBV was, was, was really, really down. There's a time NBV traded at 0 0.81. Wow. Then yeah. after that, after after that company came in, the cement company, the investor came in, uh, company traded back at five. Mm. And guys actually thought it would go down, but here we are, it's standing, still it's standing still at four shillings and above. And also looking at it, we're seeing Samir Africa that has gained about um, four shillings, uh, gained about four uh, percent, trading at three shillings and eighty cents. And uh, these like not penny stocks, <laughs> but this is that's think, a below I five think, shillings. I think these 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 penny stocks are trading. I'd, I'd really call them penny stocks. Mm. Uh, I think they 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 have a lot of volatility pegged to them, because immediately after Samir, we are seeing our our own local uh, GameStop that is Home Africa. <laughs> Yeah, seeing home Africa. Listed, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah um, I think Home Africa is technically our, our GME here in Kenya. Wow. Uh, we're seeing Home Africa trading at 2.7%. Uh, that's at 0.38. And another, other penny stocks like Everready and Flame Tree following in closely. Um, so interesting. One day we should research why people buy these things. I think, <laughs> you know, the logic in your mind is, ah, it's very cheap. I can just enter and exit. <laughs> you know, this company can file for bankruptcy tomorrow and yeah, but all your money is gone. I think maybe, maybe one of these days, Davis, we could have an in-depth discussion on Home Africa as a yeah. company. Or NBV or Samir yeah. or EverReady or Flametree. Yeah. These small, small, these small priced companies, we could probably have a look and just see how these companies are performing. Yeah. It would be interesting. And then on the loser side now, we're seeing the big league companies trade on, on the loser side, where we're seeing equity bankers now lost about 9.7%. And there's in, no cap today at yeah, 10%. Yeah, you know, yeah, this thing can go down 20. There's no cap for equity bank today. Um, but we're seeing investors trying to maintain the margin. But let's see if investors will be able to maintain, because equity is now trading at 97, at 37 shillings, sorry. Mm. That's 9.7%. Um, then following closely is Williamson T, uh, which has also shed about 8.4%, uh, trading now at 135. Unexpectedly, the way Equity Bank and KCB are always trading, I would call it the equity effect has hit on KCB. Mm. We're seeing KCB now trading at 5% uh, lower, at uh, 39 shillings. Yeah. And then EABL looks like the weekend frenzy has touched on EABL. Just as we were discussing, EABL was down 1%. Mm. Now it's down 4.6% to trade at 160 shillings per share. Yeah. Um, Liberty Group is the last on that list with 2.4%. Uh, okay. It's really interesting. People are really going for these penny stocks and then, you know, this yeah, solid like blue the, chips the solid just leave. But <laughs> if you're a smart investor, if you're a long-term investor, you know that the fundamentals of a lot of these businesses haven't changed. You know that the long-term prospects haven't changed. Don't speculate. <laughs> Invest in these things. When the stock market is going down, it it makes the stock cheaper for you to buy. Of course, we're not advising you uh, to buy or sell a particular company. That's at your own discretion, and we do not accept liability for <laughs> for the decisions that you make in buying or selling particular shares. 
but mm-hmm. we'd advise you that as you see particular share prices dipping and you know the long-term prospect of these companies are good accumulate buy more basically no. guys whatever we're talking about in investing is the best bit about investing it's always the the, the fundamental law of investing on the securities market is buy low sell high yeah, but people follow buy high sell people low. follow buy high sell low <laughs> Yeah. Uh, mo- most of the retail investors but the fundamental aspect of investing it's always about you buying low uh, and selling higher so an example is equity bank at low prices would be a good company to invest and, in for and, the long term and imagine also absa like imagine how absa is dropping and then they declare a dividend a year from now imagine yeah. The rally, the rally that will be there would be something else. So that's one thing. I'm really hoping that investors would be able to. Most retail investors, if you're investing long term, I don't see a reason why you you might you you won't be in a position to buy um, equity or KCB. But guys are buying Nairobi Business Ventures. <laughs> I'm not saying NBV is a bad company, but we still don't have the fundamentals right with with NBV. Mostly right now with the, with a new company and uh, the business operations being directed to cement industry. I think we need to have those fundamentals right. And um, Home Africa, guys, why are you buying Home Africa? I'm interested in that. I'm really interested in why you guys are buying Home Africa. One day we should actually find an analyst who's bullish on Home Africa. Yeah. I wonder if they exist. Come on, we need we need some. Davis, are you bullish on Home Africa? <laughs> Never. Uh, I'm not. I'm not saying Home Africa is a bad company, guys. And once again, this is not an investment advice, but. Uh, looking on Hisa app, I'm seeing Home Africa has gained um, about 2.7 percent. You know, if you if you bought Home Africa <laughs> when it listed, you'd have been down like 99 percent. 99 percent. 99 But 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 come on, Davis. We've said Home Africa might be our our own GameStop. Um, if Home might, Africa might would be the keyword. <laughs> might might be the keyword. If if Home Africa would um, would because you know like GME's main business is. Uh, GameStop used to sell games, yeah. uh, the the um, the game consoles to individuals, and everything has gone online. Yet GME is still doing the same business model that they operated close to 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. So speaking of Home Africa, well, actually, you know, GME is switching a lot of things. They're yeah, switching online, online, online. Fact, they are. There's they a are. lot of changes so coming in. I feel like I feel like. Um, Maybe Home Africa is AMC, not GME, because we're seeing AMC still, and even AMC still operates some 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 of these theaters. But okay, we, we are going to find Home Africa something else. But also, once again, remember we are not hitting on Home Africa. We're just saying it as it is. The fundamentals of the company are dead. That is my opinion, and that is not an investment advice. But the fundamentals of Africa are dead. Uh, so I guess that's it for us today. Um, if you have any comment, if you want to say something about Home Africa, if you're actually bullish on, on Home Africa and you want to be live with us, please let us know and we will be able to invite you to this show so that you can be able to shed some light just on why you're bullish on, on um, Home Africa. Yeah. Uh, so that's it for us today. Thank you all for joining us um, on today's podcast session. And always remember, if you download the HISA app on your phone, you can be able to follow markets live as they happen. Um, as trades move in, you can always be able to just um, follow live um, on, on the market as, as, as markets move in. And you can also be able to just um, listen to podcasts like this one and a lot more. Also follow a lot of discussions are happening on the HISA app, please. Uh, let us know your thoughts and also you can just um, catch us live there. So that's it for today's session. Thank you all and have a lovely week. It's a very sunny morning here in Nairobi. 
but we'll be glad to see you again on Monday next week. Thank you and bye-bye.